0: back To the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Best and Worst of the Weekend. We are coming right back to your calls. I have hit you with a lot of my best and worst. Darren Gant on the NFL. Clemson football coach Dabo Sweeney live in 30 minutes. Eli Drinkwitz, best of the weekend head coach at App State. He joins us live among our guests tomorrow. Mountaineers 3 0 after that 34-30 win one win over the Tar Heels in Chapel Hill first win over a power five opponent for app since one of the greatest upsets in college football history that was 12 years ago against michigan at the big house when the mountaineers were the fcs three-time national champion or on the way to the third i guess superpower it was not a fluke it was not even really a major upset i guess vegas said technically it was an upset but app state's offense was as ready as anybody has been to play against the Tar Heels. They get great performances by Darrington Evans and Zach Thomas. Demetrius Taylor on defense was the big playmaker, and it is the Mountaineers over the Tar Heels as Carolina falls to 2-2. Two and two. It's only the second time in school history that the Tar Heels have played four games this close right out of the gate. If you watched all four, you know it's not exaggerating to say they could be 4-0 and or 0-4. Now, they are 2-2, two and two, and credit to the Demon Deacons. Wake dominated most of that game before Carolina might have had but was denied a last chance to throw into the end zone. It's not like the Heels played the Deeks to a standstill. But all four games could have gone either way. It is unlikely that that theme continues as Dabo, Sweeney, and Clemson visit Chapel Hill this coming weekend. 1-800-849-2761. App State along with Wake Forest looking like the best teams that this state has to offer. The Wolfpack, remember, did bounce back with a win against a lighter opponent, Ball State. We'll see where the pack goes from here. Florida State against NC State among the compelling matchups that awaits us. 1-800-849-2761. Dabo Sweeney later, your best and worst of the weekend. Now, if you're just joining us, Daniel Jones and the Giants, Kyle Allen and your Carolina Panthers. App State over Carolina, Georgia over Notre Dame. Pitt taking out UCF on Philly Special, knocking off the number 15 Knights and handing that program its first regular season loss in more than two years. You can be next with your best or worst of the weekend. Baseball, NASCAR, golf, hockey, and otherwise. Mostly football. The votes I got in my inbox and I understand why. Let's go back to your calls now. Matthew is in Greensboro and has the NFL on his mind. Welcome to Best and Worst of the Weekend. Go right ahead.
1: Hey, DG. Um, best of the Weekend, uh, it was overshadowed a little bit by Kyle, Kyle Allen, you know, uh,
0: and to bring the spring spring rush to reference in. Kyle Allen was the boss of the Panthers offense this week, and uh, incredible performance, but the Panthers defense really showed up. Uh, with eight sacks, you know, tying a team record in a single game. And uh, just wanted to highlight Christian Miller, the you know, Panthers rookie, got his first two sacks. And uh, yes. you know, it was a bit of an emotional week for him.
1: His uh, grandfather had passed earlier in the week. And I think during the same time, as that game, uh, the, the funeral was going on for his
0: grandfather. Wow. I'll, t- I'll add to this, by the way. Mario Addison had three sacks. Christian Miller did a great job. So did Brian Burns. It was, hey – Kyler Murray's an athlete now. He's agile. They don't build running into the game plan, but you, you can't break contain, right? So there were a couple of plays where either Brian Burns or Christian Miller, who are incredible athletes from the whatever linebacker position, basically in the new three, four, where your job was at worst, don't let Kyler Murray get outside at best sack him. And they did a great job of being disciplined. It was a well-crafted game plan by Ron Rivera and his defensive assistants. And you still got to execute that game plan. Arizona had not been running the ball well, and the Panthers did not let them run it well beyond some early – chunk plays by Kyler Murray with his feet 38 to 20 in the NFL if you limit your opponent to 20 points you did a job well done and you could actually have a long list offensively Kyle Allen of course was the unexpected star he was that good and then some with his accuracy and his four touchdown passes no interceptions McCaffrey of course 24 carries 153 yards that 76 yard touchdown run was a huge play in that game Beyond those guys, on the defensive side of the ball, man, Shaq Thompson and Luke Keekly both had double-digit tackles and kind of controlled the field. Christian Miller with the two sacks, Brian Burns with one sack, Mario Addison with three, Dante Jackson with the two interceptions. There is a risk to keeping your eyes on the quarterback while you're supposed to be dropping into coverage not everybody can do it. Dante Jackson's got some wheels now. Had him at LSU, and even by NFL standards, he's a pretty quick dude. Got burnt earlier this season at times, got burnt last year at times. There was actually a play against Arizona where because of the win, it's easy to forget, but Dante Jackson was looking at the quarterback and totally lost his man. If you remember, Kyler Murray threw a perfect ball and it should have been a long touchdown pass and the dude just flat out dropped it. That was Dante Jackson's got caught looking into the backfield bad play and it didn't cost him. On the other two, that second interception was like a Spider-Man leap where Kyler Murray might have thought he had a window and at Oklahoma against Big 12 defenses, that might have been a window. Against Dante Jackson, there was no window. That dude had a vertical leap like Duke freshman Cassius Stanley on that play. It was really, really a well-played ball, and his other INT was as well. It was understated because of the nature of the 38-20 win. But you remember Duke corner Ross Cockrell? All right, corner's a problem for the Panthers beyond the two starters. Bradbury's the real deal. Dante Jackson's had his ups and downs, but obviously a great game against the Cardinals. In the modern-day NFL and for many years now, you better have a third corner that you like. Ross Cockrell, what was it, a broken leg or a horrific injury last year that kept him out for the entire season? He's a veteran now, brilliant for the Blue Devils in his college days, more of a mixed bag as a pro player. He's one-on-one with David Johnson on a play earlier in that game. Perfect tackle, form tackle, when if you don't get him, in the flat, he's getting 15 yards or more before the cavalry arrives. Arrives. He had another nice tackle on uh, Christian Kirk on a short pass play early. He had great coverage on Larry Fitzgerald on a play where Fitzgerald converted a third and one. But, I mean, he only got one yard, and Cockrell was there to stop that momentum. And then in the third quarter, Panthers are leading 21-17, to it was Ross Cockrell 21-17 third quarter this is crunch time now cockrell comes up as the nickel corner and makes a big tackle to force a fourth and one as it turned out arizona converted that fourth and one but still those are winning plays by your third corner when they've bounced around from you know corn elder and three or four other guys that they asked to take take hold of that position Ross Cockerell had a really good game. Trey Boston broke up a long pass to Christian Kirk that might have been a touchdown. That was in the near the end of the first half. Would have been 50 yards, if not a touchdown. Boston, I don't know if he had a great game overall, but that was a huge play while the game was still in doubt. And remember, the Panthers limited the Cardinals to 20 points without KK Short suiting up at all. So... I think we can still say when healthy, Cam Newton has the ability to be one of the Panthers' best offensive players when healthy. K.K. Short, clearly one of their best defenders. Neither played, and they still won by 18. Now, I'm not ready to crown anybody anything, right? Houston will be a much stiffer challenge than a Cardinals team that is winless through three weeks. So you have to keep all of this in perspective. But Kyle Allen, the details of what he did, I think, are worthy of some excitement. Let's just see what he can do against the Texans who have a more NFL-caliber defense, as Darren Gant mentioned. Lynn is in Greensboro and next on the David Glenn Show. Hey, Lynn. Hey, David, how you doing? Great, man. What's on your mind?
1: Yeah, I just, man, I, I love Cam, really love him. I just don't respect him. Uh, I don't respect anybody who was injured and selfish who was going to hurt their team and hurt our city and our state uh both states and i just i don't appreciate it um and i just like um rg3 who who uh, played hurt and wanted to play hurt i just think it's selfish and it just hurts everybody and i'm, I'm sick and tired of the, the panthers organization letting them get away with it they need to grow a pair and just uh you know tell it like it is and as far as dante jackson i've never seen anybody jump as high as that since Dion Williams blocked that Virginia shot over in
0: the corner. That's a good reference there. And I'm glad you mentioned both Cam and the organization because most people want their athletes to be uber competitive, right? It's up to the organization. If it's not a doctor saying you're not allowed to play, there are all these gray area situations where you need either Ron Rivera as the head coach or somebody else to say, well, it's in the best interest of the organization for you to stay out a while longer or whatever. And again, anybody who's convinced Kyle Allen is the long-term solution here I think is getting way ahead of themselves. I don't, I don't view it as selfish that Cam wants to play. I think it's an organizational matter when a guy who's been your best player at times over the years wants to play, but whether it was the shoulder last year and they played him too long and then he needed surgery as a result or the foot this year and he tried to play through it against Tampa and he was a shadow of himself – I don't see it as selfish when the somewhat injured guy wants to help his team. I see it as dysfunction for the organization when they're not drawing a line that says, I know you want to play because all competitors do, but we've got to ask you to at least sit on the side long enough for you to get closer to 100%. In football, the players will tell you there's no such thing as a true 100%, but Cam Wobbly Cam not being able to set his feet correctly, Cam not being able to scramble or convert third or fourth and short, that Cam's not doing anybody any good. And he needs two healthy legs and two healthy feet along with that surgically repaired shoulder to have any chance to getting back to being that guy. 1 800 849 2761. Dave's in Chapel Hill, Greg is in Burlington, Ed is in Winston-Salem. We love the geographical diversity. You can jump in on the other side with your question, comment, or your vote. Best of the weekend led by the App State Mountaineers, Kyle Allen and the Panthers, Daniel Jones and the New York Giants, the Georgia Bulldogs, the Pitt Panthers, and a handful of others. Worst of the weekend, Antonio Brown, Bill Belichick, Jalen Ramsey, Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines, the Chicago Cubs, losers of six straight all at home as others are punching their ticket to Major League Baseball's postseason. 1-800-849-2761. One of the more surprising developments in college football in recent years, along with more of your best and worst of the weekend phone calls. Dabo Sweeney live in 15 minutes. More of your calls and those stories next on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. A little more Bruce juice for you. Happy 70th birthday to the boss, Bruce Springsteen. Dabo Sweeney is a boss in his own right. He joins us live in about 10 minutes. The two-time national champion, five-time ACC champion, four straight trips to the college football playoff, leader of the Clemson Tigers. They trounced Charlotte this weekend as expected at Death Valley. They head to Chapel Hill to take on Mac Brown and the Tar Heels. We're coming back to your best and worst of the weekend phone calls right now. Dabo joins us live in about 10 minutes. Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, formerly of Duke, now with the Giants. Kyle Allen, formerly of Texas A&M and Houston. He lost both of those starting jobs at those college programs he is now your starter for at least one more week with the Panthers announcing earlier today that that Cam Newton guy has been ruled out for the Houston Texans matchup later this week you can jump in with your best or worst of the weekend a lot of App State Mountaineers love and understandably so after they went to Chapel Hill and beat the Tar Heels those two schools have played only twice ever on the gridiron forever ago Carolina had a landslide victory and really the only one that matters is the modern-day matchup. It was 34-31. Eli Drinkwitz live tomorrow, Dabo Swinney live a little bit later this hour, Demetrius Taylor and Zach Thomas among the superstar players for the Mountaineers with that big road win. Tyler is in Wilmington and wants in on one of the biggest stories of the football weekend. You can join us at 1-800-849-2761. Tyler, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to uh, hit on the whole Cam Newton situation. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's pretty obvious, you know, that when a kid that is fighting for a starting job in college comes in and you know wins a wins an NFL football game um, solely by accurately throwing the football, uh, it just kind of brings up a red flag to the Panthers for Cam Newton. Um, I just think I I'm really just curious of what you think of. You know, if he goes out there this next week and, you know, throws two two touchdowns and a, a maybe an interception keeps him in the game, I mean, do you think they start to, think to move on from camp because of that?
0: Not, not yet. I think they're going to let the, the song play as the Springsteen theme continues today. Let the 2019 Carolina Panthers song play all the way to its conclusion before you really make a decision on Cam Newton. And everybody knows he's under contract for next year as well as this year. So you owe him 20000000 million-plus this year, 20000000 million-plus next year. But you make a decision on Cam Newton at the end of the current season. Now, you make a decision on your starting quarterback after seeing what Kyle Allen does against the Houston Texans. Uh, I used to do this in my legal career all the time. Since you're on the clock, let's push hypotheticals off to next week so I don't have to charge you a $1,000 an hour, right? Next week, we'll decide based in part – it's, it's both, right? It's how does Cam feel a week from this Wednesday after another week to rest, and how does Kyle Allen perform against a much better defense? Arizona is not a good football team, and the Cardinals are not a good defense. They're missing Patrick Peterson. They're missing other key players. It is the bottom tier of the NFL. And I started my show by making Kyle Allen one of my best of the weekend. He deserves all that you said about his accuracy. Three of the four touchdown passes took timing, patience, going through your reads, and then accurate throws. One was an easier TD pass. But when you go four TDs, no interceptions, and you're 19 for 26 overall, you deserve a lot of credit against an NFL defense. We'll learn more with each passing week about Kyle Allen. And there are reasons, turnovers at the college level among them, that he went through seven rounds and was undrafted. All 32 teams had a chance at him. Everybody, including the Panthers, let him go through that draft year before last, and the Panthers even cut him after that. So now, North Turner's gradually getting more and more film on Kyle Allen and has a better idea of what he has or doesn't have. But also NFL defenses are getting more film on Kyle Allen. So the Texans are going to have a game plan for what Kyle Allen just showed. Whereas the Cardinals had a game plan that was guessing who was going to start for the Panthers at quarterback and was based probably as much on Cam's past as on the very little video they have of Kyle Allen at the at the pro level. 1-800-849-2761. Greg in Burlington, you're next on the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, Greg. Greg, you're next on the David Glenn Show. All right, put him back on, put him back on hold. Let, let me try Dave in Chapel Hill. You're next on the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead.
1: Hey, DG, how's it going? I'm doing How great, before man. I uh, before I get into uh, my best and worst of the weekend, I just want to say, speaking of spring teams, I hope people don't get too uh, blinded by the light over this uh, Kyle Allen thing. Very well done.
0: Very well done. I saw what you did there, Dave, on Springsteen Day. Oh, very well played, <laughs> my friend. Go ahead. Uh,
1: my best is definitely Eli Drinkwet. Um He's, uh, especially after the North Carolina game, even though it's not as big an upset as the Michigan win, it definitely helped a lot of F alum win the water cooler today. <laughs> Yeah, um, no doubt about it. He just seems like the kind of personality that you can really build a fan base around. If he wins the Sun bowl this year and beats Georgia Southern and we go to that bowl game uh, or after that bowl game, you might as well go ahead and get Doug Gillum to sign his extension now.
0: You know, it's interesting. Some Mountaineers fans were upset at that closer than expected win over Charlotte and they were wondering about the defensive culture. I mean, Eli's an offensive guy. He's, you know, the guru to Ryan Finley of NC State and others over the years. And the Mountaineers keep putting up points. I thought one of the biggest aspects of their win in Chapel Hill was actually a defense that had taken some criticism from its own fan base because the 49ers put up like 40-plus on them. I thought the defense attacked the, le- the weakest link in Mac Brown's team right now. Mac Brown, to his credit, has the Heels playing better than most thought, and they beat the Gamecocks, and they beat the Hurricanes, and they you know, pushed Wake Forest to the limit. But the weakest part of UNC football right now is an offensive line that went into the season with two senior starters among the five, and both are hurt right now. So now, truly, I wonder, it would take a while to research this, I believe the Tar Heels are the only team in the country playing all freshmen and sophomores on the offensive line. I mean, that's not where you want to be. So Demetrius Taylor exposed that. He had the strip, sack, fumble recovery for the touchdown, the scoop and score, if you will. He had the interception even as a defensive end. So Sam Howell made a lot of really good plays, but as a freshman, he coughed the ball up too many times. Zach Thomas, as the veteran, made the big plays without the mistakes for App State as the quarterback. And... They exploited with that defense that the, the App State folks had given up a lot of points and a lot of yards. But playing against five freshmen and sophomores, that's what Mac Brown was left with after those injuries. You should be able to exploit that. And you did. It wasn't pretty, 34-31, but nobody cares about you know the beauty pageant aspect of it. A win is a win is a win. Clemson coach Dabo Sweeney live next on the David Glenn Show. Dean in Wilmington. You're up on the David Glenn Show.
1: The NCAA book on violations that so sick Superman has trouble carrying.
0: This is true. A- However, it's not buried into the small print in the back that you're oh. not allowed to drive luxury cars that aren't yours, okay? <laughs> Keep it here on the
1: David Glenn Show.
0: Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Our recent guest, Mac Brown of UNC, described our next guest... Two-time national champion, five-time ACC champion, Dabo Sweeney. He said Clemson's the best football program in the country. Dabo's the best head coach. His staff is the best staff, and the Tigers have the best depth in the entire nation. They actually used 111 guys in their thrashing of the Charlotte 49ers this past weekend. They're headed to Chapel Hill to take on the Tar Heels. We always appreciate him taking some time out to join us from south of the border. Dabo Sweeney, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? Oh, no. Do you still have him? Dabo Sweeney of the Clemson Tigers. Are you still there? You got him? I hope you heard that good introduction. I tried to give him a really good introduction. Now he didn't even hear any of it. Coach, are you there? Welcome to the David Glenn Show. You have to... You have to call him back? All right, we do have Dabo Sweeney. Quickly, he is 49 years old, and at that still young age, he has two national champions with the Tigers, two of the last three. In fact, he has five ACC titles. He's number one in the national rankings as we speak. The Tigers are 4-0. and There's been a little bit of a back and forth between him and Alabama's Nick Saban lately, so we want to ask him about that. The two and two Tar Heels await as the next opponent. That's at Keenan Stadium. That has been grabbed by ABC to be the national college football game of the week on that channel. And as he looks forward to his 50th birthday in just a couple months, how's this for round numbers? He has 120 wins as the Clemson head coach, 30 losses. So that is an exactly 80% winning percentage. For those who don't know, it hasn't it has not always been this rosy. In his first thirty-four games, the Tigers were nineteen and fifteen. Since then, they are one oh one and fifteen. That is not a slight change, but it is a reminder that Dabo took a little while to get it rolling in Death Valley. They beat the 49ers 52-10. to 10. That's the Charlotte 49ers, not the San Francisco 49ers. And they are one of the favorites to make what would be a fifth straight college football playoff. Coach Davo Sweeney, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? All right, we don't have them again. Let me know what's going on. Here, Darren, Let me. you want me to take a break and we can try to figure it out? You can hear him. Let's take a break. All right, Dabo Sweeney of the Clemson Tigers on the other side. You'd think he has a really good phone. I hope it's not a problem on our end. The, he described the Citadel as Alabama's toughest game last year, probably, until the Tide had to face Georgia. Is that one of those barbs that represents what he had going with Steve Spurrier of South Carolina for a while? Seems like Spurrier has the personality that would be the perfect foil for that. I'm not sure Nick Saban would take as kindly to such things. Dabo Sweeney of the Clemson Tigers on the other side. Or you want me to try him now? On the other side, Dabo Sweeney, the 11th year coach of the Clemson Tigers, headed to Chapel Hill next on the David Glenn Show. Mike Krzyzewski joining us. We ask folks you work with at Duke if you've changed or mellowed over the years.
1: Well, you know, mellow is having a glass of wine and looking over, you know, the sunset, you know. Uh, <laughs> I don't see how you can be mellow and coach a game that can't happen. If it does, then you shouldn't be coaching. Keep it here
0: on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. We've been trying to give tribute to Bruce Springsteen on his 70th birthday today with our bump music. We've also tried to give a tribute to Dabo Sweeney of Clemson. I think I have him now. Coach, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you?
1: I'm here. Ah!
0: the, the wonders of modern Tech yeah. thank goodness man thank goodness yeah. it, it's probably on our end you're you're the guy who keeps winning football games and national championships odds are we're the ones screwing up uh tell, let's start here as you you prepare your tigers for a trip to Chapel Hill everybody knows that you're a two-time national champion and a five-time ACC champion not everybody realizes that you were 19 and 15. In your first 34 games at Clemson as the head coach. And now you're 101 and 15 since then. How do you explain to outsiders how you go from there to here?
1: Uh, you know, one day at a time and, and uh, just, you know, getting better as you go. I mean, we started out uh, four and three, my, my interim year, went four and two and then got the job. And then obviously went to the Gator Bowl and got beat by a good Nebraska team that year in a tight game and um, came back the next year, won nine games. And You know, a lot of people say we started slow, but we, we played for the championship two out of the first three years. Yep. But, uh, we, we, won our, we played for the league in nine, got beat, and then we won it in 11. But 2010 was really the year uh, that kind of we, we lost seven games. And uh, we, we, we were six and six, but we lost six games by, uh, you know, six points or less. And two of them were in overtime. Uh, in fact, one of them was up in Chapel Hill uh, that year. But two of the games were in overtime, one the Auburn, and won the national championship, one at Tallahassee. And and so, but but I tell people all the time, that's the year where I knew w- th- what we were building was taking root. You know, and it, it always people always ask me, oh, when did you know when? And I'm like, 2010. Yeah. Uh, because of how our team competed. I mean, we were in every game and they just battled their tails off, and, and I could just see uh, the culture starting to take root in our second year, and then we come back the next year, uh, so we, we learned how to handle adversity, you know, first year, we won the division, played for the championship, it's all good, the next year, we had to learn how to handle adversity, and kind of find out what we were made of, and stay the course, you know, we were challenged, and, and it's so easy to panic, and, and, and uh, you know, uh, jump ship, or so forth, but we stayed the course, and and then we come out the next year, and we, we go 8-0, and, and uh, you know, we're the host of the town, and at that point, we hadn't won 10 games since like 1990 or 91, we hadn't won the league since 90 or 91, and, and we didn't know how to win. Now we don't know how to handle success, and so that was all part of it, and we kind of were up and down to finish the year, but we did win the league, got killed in the bowl game, uh, but it was just all part of getting better, and then we come back the next year and won 11, and the next year won 11, and then it was you know kind of on from there and and so just started really uh, learning how to win learning how to practice recruiting the right guys uh establishing and nurturing the culture every day getting getting uh you know my staff fully in place you know when i, I yeah. got the job in a very weird way as an interim and and then i get the job and so i kept all of tommy bowden's staff uh, you know uh, i think it was like two guys and one guy left and and uh I, I did hired i did change coordinator defense coordinators but um so after that second year you know it was able, i was kind of able to transition and and really kind of put things in place the way i wanted you know from a staff standpoint and and we just have kind of grown from there so you know but to, long story short just the good lord you know the good lord has just blessed us and and and, and given me vision and and uh you know, just great people that have bought into the way I want to do things and, and a bunch of young players that have come to Clemson and, and uh, you know, have, have, have been great ambassadors for this program uh, even to this day. So it's been a, a wonderful – this is my 11th year and, uh, you know, hopefully we can – we've got a lot more good times in, in front of us.
0: Clemson coach Dabo Sweeney joining us. It's eight straight years where his Tigers have won 10 or more games. Last year, remember, it was the first in college football history, 15-0 and campaign as the Tigers claimed a second national title on Coach Sweeney's watch. Y'all have gotten to the point, Coach. I love this. At halftime of your win over Charlotte, Disney was filming a fake Clemson team running down the hill for movie purposes. (laughs) Meanwhile, there's like an all-in Clemson football feature on the ACC network. And, of course, you knew you were going to get the question, who gets to play Dabo in a movie? And and I loved your choice of uh, Matthew McConaughey over Tom Cruise. But uh, tell us more about that and also – you haven't lost your sort of tunnel vision, even as you've embraced this bigger platform. How do you do both of those things?
1: Uh, well, um, Matt, I like Matthew McConaughey, uh, so <laughs> even, even though he's a Texas guy, and uh, you know, I was Tom Cruise is too short. So, uh, but the but but the movie thing, uh, you know, there was a player here. I think he finished in six or seven. I was an assistant named Ray Ray McElrathy, and. That's what the movie's about, uh, you know, when his when his little brother, you know, had to come live with him, and, you know, Clemson had to appeal to the NCAA. There was kind of a crisis situation, right. and, and uh, so it's, a, it's a neat story, and, and so I think it's something that's been out there for a long time, but for whatever reason, it just now kind of came to fruition all these years later, so it was kind of wild. You know, I was walking off the field at halftime, and I, and all of a sudden, the cannon goes off, and here comes the Hollywood Tigers coming down the hill, so <laughs> it was uh, it was a surreal moment, and uh, but, uh, you know, for me, I, you know, I just, I just try to keep the main thing, the main thing. Um, uh, and you know, that's my faith, that's my family. And, and then, uh, just stay focused on, you know, th- this program and, uh, you know, the people involved in this program and keep my life simple. And I love what I do. I'm passionate about it. I, I love, I, this is my best time of year. I, I love the structure. I love preparing, uh, I like the day-to-day grind and, uh, just like being with the guys. So, you know, that that uh, helps me to, to stay focused.
0: Coach, we had Will Healy of Charlotte on recently. Of course, we just had Mac Brown on the program as well. Coach Healy says he wouldn't describe you guys as close friends, but you've connected by phone many times over the years. And there was a recent article at ESPN.com where it was Will Healy talking about you and your ideas as an inspiration for him. It was Matt Campbell of Iowa State. It was Scott Satterfield, formerly of App State here in our backyard, now at Louisville, of course. I mean, you're only 49 years old. Aren't you too young to have, like, these disciples everywhere, even though they're not technically members of your coaching tree? <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I'm, I'm definitely young. Uh, <laughs> hopefully I, I still feel, you know, 39. But... Um, you know, that's pretty cool. Uh, it is because, I mean, when we when we started our program uh, back in nine, I mean, one of the very clear things uh, that I said to the board back in those days was, you know, I want to build a program where other people want to emulate. I want to build a model program. And, uh, you know, I mean, not. And so I think that's cool. Uh, I, Will's one of the real bright young coaches in this business, and so is Matt Satterfield, and Satterfield, and I'm really humbled that those guys would even – um, you know, just make nice comments like yeah. that. Uh, but I think it's cool because, you know, not everybody's going to get a chance to come to Clemson. And I know what these guys get in this program and, and, and the opportunities that they get to, to grow as just people and what they get exposed to and, you know, what a blessing it is to be here for all of us. And, uh, and it's, just, it's, it's cool to know that there's some other kids out there that are maybe going to be able to experience some things that, that we get here at Clemson maybe because they've been been, been in, their coaches have been inspired by how we do things I, I think that's a real real cool thing and uh, one of the neat things about coaching too is, is that it is a fraternity and you know coaches share things and share information and a lot of people have been very gracious to me and, and shared things with me and, and uh, been mentors to me and so'm I'm, I'm always honored, especially good guys you know that, that I think are about the right things and uh, Will Healy is, is definitely one of those guys, and it's neat to be able to finally get a chance to meet him and meet his wife and his, and his son. And um, he's got he's got it he's got that thing going in the right direction there, in Charlotte. And don't have any doubt he'll be successful,
0: Coach. I'll never forget you sharing with us and others the story of you as a high school player, where the cheerleaders had some kind of a tradition. And they weren't sure which house to go to because you had, for yeah. a stretch, you know, a complicated childhood there. Yeah. I, and I know that helps you identify with a lot of young men who may come from somewhat similar circumstances. Was it the walk-on of Alabama fame when you helped the Crimson Tide win that national title back, then, back in the early 90s? that inspired you to play a hundred and eleven i didn't even know you carried hundred and eleven but that's how many you used against the 49ers i imagine your background has something to say about why that's part of your philosophy
1: yeah well i mean in high school you know i mean i, I was the guy and played three sports and you know was kind of always that 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 first guy and everything and, and then all of a sudden i get to alabama and i'm not the guy you're right <laughs> so I'm, 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 I'm the backup, and, and uh, you know, ended up being a starter on special teams, but just had to grind, you know. In my first uh, year, I was just in the weight room. My second year, I, I mean, I only got to dress for one game, and then my, you know, and then all of a sudden, my third, fourth, and fifth year, I, I, I made the rotation, and like I said, became a starter on special teams, and, but I was always the second-team guy. And uh, it was a big deal to be able to, to, to get my reps, if you will, to be able to get in the game. And, and, and uh, it was something that I just, you know, there was a lot of guys that, that I thought should have gotten an opportunity that maybe didn't. And it was just, it's just one of those things. I think we're all shaped by our experiences yeah. in life. And certainly I've been, I was shaped by that. And, you know, another thing, a lot, not everybody got to dress for home games. Right. And, you know, most guys, a lot of the guys that would work all week, they'd have to go sit in the stands. And so I dress everybody on home games. And uh, I love to have them involved, and, it, and it's neat. That's our culture here. It's neat to see guys get excited about other people's opportunity. And our record was 94, and so to be able to play 111 guys, wow. uh, you know, and guys to, for, for guys to be able to say, hey, they played for the Tigers. I mean, nobody can ever take that away from them. Right. And, and uh, there is no meaning, meaning, meaningless snap. I mean, these guys work really, really hard, and, and some will get to play along the way. Some will get to play hardly at all. So yeah. You get an opportunity. It was a special moment and, and uh, really cool for all those guys. A fun locker room, and it'll be a fun film session today going over the tape with them.
0: Tigers at Tar Heels this coming weekend. The Clemson folks, once again, 4-0, number one in the national rankings. Mack Brown said that you, I think he said you were either first or among the first people in all of his world to text him when the rumors started swirling that he might be returning to Chapel Hill for part two of his time leading the Tar Heels. Uh, I know you had a relationship with him when he was a broadcaster. You mentioned you never thought you'd end up coaching a game against him. Uh Give us the nature of that relationship and and what you said when you reached out. Now that he's your opponent this weekend,
1: yeah. No, we have we've become you know really good friends uh, you know over over the years. And, and uh, I did not know him prior to 09 Obviously knew who he was. Yeah, followed him a long time. Just one of those guys I respected. And and I reached out when I got the job in February of 09 and and just asked if I could come out and visit and bring my staff. And uh, a lot of coaches told me no uh but he he graciously said yeah come on and uh he spent a lot of time with me and we just became friends and uh, and stayed in touch you know the rest of his time there at texas and then when he got into tv uh we would communicate a lot oftentimes he would text me you know before one of our day hey what give me the, the keys to your game you know and, in fact, I'm planning on texting him like, for our game. I want to know what the keys are <laughs> for uh, for them, but see if he'll share that with me. But uh, when it, when I did hear that he was getting a job, I just sent him a text and I said, "Hey, is it true?" You know, and he just he just kind of texted back and he said, "Well, I'm working on the contract and just trying to get that. It, it, you know, if we don't have to play Clemson, I'll take the job or something like that. Some some funny comment. And uh, but I'm just really happy for him." you'd have told me back in 09, February of 09, I'm sitting in his office in, in Austin, Texas, that, you know, 11 years, 10, 11 years later, I'm getting ready to play him as right. the head coach of North Carolina. I would <laughs> have thought you were crazy. Uh, but it's amazing how, you know, Journey, you know, comes full circle and he's doing a heck of a job. They could easily be 4-0 right now and, and uh, they're playing hard. Uh, he's got them believing. Uh, you know, you can just already see his influence uh, on the program and, just one of the great guys in this profession, obviously one of the greatest coaches ever, but but just one of the best people and uh, just have a lot of respect for him. He loves the player and, uh, you know, he's just been awesome for college football for a long time and it's an honor to be able to compete against him for the first time ever.
0: Coach, we only have about a minute left, so you can either be serious about this or blow it off or be goofy about this. But you and Steve Spurrier both were regular guests on our show for a long time. And you used to both describe the mutual respect and the friendship you had. And you just loved shooting barbs at one another. And it was fun for everybody when I saw you say the Citadel was probably Alabama's toughest game last year until they met Georgia, I wondered if you were trying to get some kind of back and forth going, or maybe you were continuing a back and forth with Nick Saban of Alabama. Now you got football games to win, so I know you don't want distractions, but what's behind that sort of thing as we've seen a little back and forth between two teams that we often end up seeing play for the national title?
1: Oh my gosh, we have a world that is so thirsty for some controversy yes. or something yes. I, mean, I mean i i people give me way too much credit i'm not that smart I <laughs> mean, first of all i was just asked a question it was a, i was just asked a question not like i made this comment I, I meant nothing by it other than what i said i was asked a question they the guy said hey did it surprise you that the citadel beat georgia tech right and I just answered. I said, "No, nothing in college football surprises me." I said, "heck, the Citadel was probably Alabama's toughest game last year." I, I there was no, and all of a sudden people take it, and I mean, it's like <laughs> I have this veiled comments, and I'm some, I've uh, encrypted message. No, I just answered a guy's question, and I was really just complimenting the Citadel. Nothing surprises me, you know. The Citadel's you don't want to play them guys. Are tough. And I was making the point that they, how hard they played Alabama that first half and, and how, you know, Georgia state it be anything can happen. And I, and I said, you know, that it'll beat uh, South Carolina. I mean, nothing. Why would any, why would that surprise me? Uh, so it was, there was no <laughs> spur nah. uh comment. It just, people love to look for anything. And like I said, they, they give me, they give me way too much credit. Uh, I just, I don't, I don't, like that good stuff but,
0: good stuff uh, we're, we're out of time hey thank whatever. you thank you for per- persevering through the technical difficulties you're always good to us at the David Glenn yeah, show have fun on your trip to Chapel Hill
1: we will it's been a while since I've been there one time in 17 years at Clemson is that not crazy
0: that is crazy well we'll have uh, we'll have the welcome mat out for you and the Tigers and that's it coach Sweeney's like the star of the show man we're out of time I gotta go TV picks I don't even know how to handle the end of the show when Coach Sweeney joins us for, like, the the final 30 minutes of it. That was really nice of him to work us into his schedule. You have Bears at Washington, Monday night football on ESPN. You do have final week of the regular season, Major League Baseball, some preseason hockey. Enjoy the games. Thanks to Dabo. We'll see you tomorrow.